Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I have spent the last 12 years trying to find the perfect model of musculoskeletal healthcare. And I think I found it. I think it's combining chiropractic care with excellent rehab skills and then transitioning those patients into an exercise program at a gym where there's great communication between you and the people running the gym. We call that the clinic gym hybrid model. And over the last two years, we've really been trying to perfect it with the goal of having 100 clinic gym hybrid facilities opening up here in the U.S. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley. It's my pleasure today to be joined by Dr. Tim Prater from beautiful, scenic, uh, glorious Marion, Ohio. Tim, how are you? I'm wonderful. Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Now, Tim, you are a believer in the clinic gym hybrid model, although your facility uh, has about a half mile gap between the clinic and the gym. It does. So you make people run from one to another because that does increase some uh, fitness there. It does. It does. Yeah. No, we, uh, <laughs> uh, it's so it's, I have a unique situation. So I moved to Marion, uh, seven years ago, last month to marry my wife and join the practice with her and her father. And, uh, he built this practice, he literally built the building. And so, uh, rents fairly affordable. Um, yeah. so we, uh, we have the, pra- the established practice been here for a while, but the, the kind of agreement was when I moved to Marion, there wasn't a CrossFit gym open and I was doing a lot of CrossFit, competing almost, trying to make it to regionals. And we th- I was coaching too a lot. I've been a personal trainer forever. So we said, why not open a gym? Let's do a facility that we know we can do the things that we're good at, which are providing a safe environment for that which CrossFit isn't known for. So let's see if we can do that different. And so we started the process of opening the gym, which has been open. It was open five years this July. Awesome. Pure function CrossFit. So it's just, yeah. So we had, to, we had to find a space to do it and we couldn't essentially add on this building that much. Our practice already is. So when my father-in-law took over the practice that he bought from the previous Cairo, it was actually the building next door, which was originally i don't know it's a super marion's got a lot of history it's kind of super old so it's a cool architecture but the building's old and so that he actually built this facility that we're in so we actually use the uh, the old building for acupuncture massage and i have my rehab facility so i have a big treatment table and a big open room so basic treatment rooms are in the the main building my wife does acupuncture here uh and i treat patients here we do all exams here my father-in-law does his uh medical examiner work here and then we do other massage acupuncture and rehab next door so we already have two buildings so we just added the mix and then added the gym that's awesome how big is uh <laughs> so how big is your current practice like the clinic itself how many rooms or square foot or however you want to make oh, so our room we have uh <laughs> i think our main output we're about four thousand square feet okay for so the pretty office. sizable yeah yeah and we have um six treatment rooms we have uh we're getting rid of x-ray so we're going to add on another treatment room there and put another another like kind of like like storage and laundry area in the back um we have our exam room uh uh my wife does functional medicine so we have our whole little supplement cabinet so i think we have six treatment rooms uh office in the back office in the front another doctor's office so it's pretty sizable your your rehab area the rehab area is a probably 900 square feet open and then we have three treatment rooms around it so that we are usually used for acupuncture because they're quiet. 
Okay. So cool. And then, and then uh, as far as the gym, how big is the gym square footage wise? So the gym's cool. So we, we found a building and just somehow just stole it before it went up for sale because we knew the people, it was actually the church next door owned it and they gave us a heck of a deal on it. So we bought the whole building. So uh, we ran out some stuff in the back, but we have access to, to expand. So the, the space that we use in the front for the gym used to be the original building was a, a car dealership with a big garage in the back. So, but the, the front was like the showroom and offices. So it's, 3,500 square feet or so, not quite square in the gym. In the, that's the whole square facility. We have two restrooms, one shower, one small office, and then the rest CrossFit playground. Nice. And then, but so you got the back is 8,000 square feet without a post on the floor. So oh, we're going to partition off. So we're going to expand out. Hopefully uh, in the spring, we're going to expand uh, to another 3,600 square feet in the back. So we'll essentially double our space. Uh, we need to do some some uh, some more kind of like weatherproofing in the back because it's more of like an old garage and make it so yeah. they can, can hold the heat better. But we're going to turf out the back a little bit more, do a little bit okay. different. So, and the idea is then to, with two, three, six hundred square foot, we could run two classes or different, have different class times. We could run them on the hour and on the, on the half hours if we need to that way oh, also. Okay. And, or we do, we have a lot, my coaches are super involved in the community. And so if we need to bring in classes, teams, kids, we'll have the space to do it. Cause we already try and do those things. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, let's talk real quick about uh, gym layout. Cause I always get questions yeah. about this your first 3,600 square feet or whatever it is. And now you're adding basically yeah. the same amount on, uh, yes. maybe what are two or three lessons you've learned in layout equipment, um, how to utilize the space better? Because it sounds like you're actually going enough that you're making some money off the gym. It's not right. just we're, a, you know, we're, we're not making of, that. It's, it's, we have, I haven't taken many paychecks, but it, I've taken all the money and put it back in the gym and it's doing quite well. So I said, and yeah. that's, it's fantastic. You're working that way. You but, should take uh, we, some uh, that money home, homeboy. <laughs> oh no, we're going to, we're with this, the, the, this is the year. So it's actually, we have, we have, we have, we have a yeah. lot of money in the bank. Right. So we actually have a lot of investments and stuff like that. So we're excited and we get to actually build out the back of the building. But yeah. so the, my biggest thing was, um, even for a cost facility is I would have gotten more cardio equipment off the bat even though it's, it's cost up front, not very easy. It's hard to swallow a concept too. It's hard to swallow a, a, an echo bike what, or an assault bike. Are you talking air bikes, rowers, uh, treadmills? And rowers, and, rowers and air bikes for the most part. And being in Ohio, mm-hmm. like it, it would spend 30 degrees the last couple of mornings. So like running outside becomes not an option. So if we, I'm, I want to get a true form, but it's also silly for group classes that only have one of anything. Right. So, so we just interviewed Kirk Mason. I don't you know, know if you saw that up in North Dakota runs in the same thing in the winter. You can't run outside. And nope. so, so we, we do got, a lot of jump ropes. Yeah. I honestly believe jump rope is much harder than run because of the neurological skill that acquires with it. And as I say, so we had a CrossFit gym. I said, I like the CrossFit methodology of how it's like fitness is that spectrum of like disease to health and like, they essentially say like the office is kind of like your wellness point, which is like 60, 70% and then you can get push up. But like, I always say like, so we, we like, uh, someone put it the other day, like what good logos you have or anything for your space. And the one that we have, and I don't know if it's mine directly or where I got it, but it was like, we have technique before in- consistency before intensity. And I always tell people you get three flavors of intensity. You get load volume or speed. You can move, I can make you do one squat at 400 pounds and make you do 300 squats or I can make you do a jump squat. And the jump squat's far and away the hardest because neurologically it takes the most recruitment. Yeah. You have to figure out that thing the fastest. So I think, jump uh, rope, I think jump rope is the, winter, 
is the unsung hero of you want to improve somebody's posture. Like if you're like, oh, so-and-so has bad posture, whether it's head forward, slim shoulders, whatever, get them to jump rope consistently. You'll be amazed at how much it fixes it. And it's self-correcting. As soon as they slip over you get well, whipped in the we back have, of the We legs. have all the nice new. We we I said that's the one thing we just upgraded to. We upgraded all our jump ropes. We got the new rogue rack and all the the pre cut ropes. That was our my gift to everyone for for Halloween. And uh, they uh, those uh, those PVC cords don't let you know when you mess up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, and and if you want, yeah. honestly, it sounds silly, but training like a like a pose running or a chi running, just put a jump rope with someone's hands and make them go for a four hundred or half mile jog with a jump rope is the fastest way I've seen someone to change their running technique to actually do a midfoot strike. If, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not too expensive. I mean, you're talking about a treadmill that's going to be four grand each jump ropes are the nicest ones are 40 bucks each. I mean, you got to try. Yeah. To spend money, right? like, yeah. And you have to, yeah, <laughs> so. so it's great. Well, that's so awesome. I would have done so, more cardio equipment. I would change equipment. the flooring a little bit. I, yeah. So we, we, we just have it. So we have a rig kind of right in the middle. Uh, we have two I beams in our facility. So in there exactly 27 feet apart, which is the exact width of the, of the monster or infinity rig. So we literally put the rig right up against it and use the, the I beam as kind of like we put the weight, we just stack the weights around the I beam. So that's our plate storage right there is kind of just yeah. another buffer yeah. around the pole. And then I ran, we just ran, uh, plywood flooring i put so essentially made each a station all the way to the wall through through the whole gym and then the rest of it we use stall mats so underneath and, uh, the the rack itself is all wood i'm sorry and the rig is is all wood yeah. and then the general, that, in the squat platform so like so right. the, the, the your six foot eight foot six so we have three we have three or six uh squat platforms that are wooded awesome. and it, they, but it extends all the way to the wall so and then uh, everywhere else is, is thick rubber flooring drop the weight three quarter inch yep three quarter inch yeah. Yeah. It was probably fun to lay 33,000 square feet of uh three quarter inch mats down. I can only imagine. It's not a square facility. So I, I spent eight hours in, you can't, I couldn't find a saw blade that would actually not jam up or heat and melt. Yeah. So you just yeah. have to use it. Uh, utility knife. Yeah. So my and thumb a, was a bunch numb. of, uh, <laughs> action, right? Oh, it was nuts. That's awesome. All right. So, so, uh, by the way, if anybody wants to hit you up worse about uh layout, you mind if they do so? Because that's a question that's very common. Always. And one thing always, I will yeah. say to everybody is, um, I think it's always good to ask people who have operated the gym for a couple of years what they would do different because you realize where your bottlenecks are for getting more people in, aka making money. Like, right. it's all fun to own a gym and it's great to stay in shape, but you want to also be able to make money off it. And I, I've yep. seen plenty of layouts where it's fun for CrossFitters and it, you know, you got for example, you got Olympic lifting platforms in the middle of the space. It's not sure. a good flow for repeated classes. It's a good flow for right. putting your fire breathers on display and watching, you know, in shape sure. people work out, but that's right. not what makes you money. So making exactly. sure that you have it set up to make money is good. The other thing is, I mean, you want a flow. So you want it. I always think you want it to move from A to B to C to D. So if A, right. you think about your DNS guy, like if you want to do DNS warmups, then move to strength, then move to, or sorry, move to plyos, then move to strength, then move to cardio. That is kind of a U-shape works or a circle or something. Right. But yeah, going left to right to left to right, which I see in a lot of gyms. I'm like, dude, at some point, this doesn't bother you. Like, anyway. <laughs> right. It's it, yeah. I, it's, it's, we've definitely got our flows better. I say, honestly, the hardest part, that's the hardest part about COVID is again, so we got being a smaller facility and having limited cardio equipment in a winter is the best way for me to manage that for the most part, having 
program for sports teams and train people for a long time is I just program a lot of stations normally, but I can't necessarily program effective stations with a COVID cleaning window. You know, like I can do 30 on 30 off, but you're going to spend those 30 seconds cleaning your machine down. So you can go to the next piece of equipment. And yeah, I said, and you're doing some so uh, karate kid, uh, karate kid workouts, right? Like 30, 30 air squats, grab a rag, wipe down your station, 30 air squats. Exa- wipe down exactly. You got a Mr. Miyagi, everything off. And yeah. it's like, uh, and, yeah, we're just going to start giving everybody, I think just like navel jelly too, to wipe all the rust off of everything that's been, <laughs> that's been that's just awesome. cleaned incessantly nine times a day. Yeah. No, awesome. no barbell was ever meant for so, that. So, uh, <laughs> since you, you also have a lot of coaches, right? You've, you, you yes, we've, we've acquired eight coaches over the past five years. And you also coach, right? So that's do the coach. night. Yep. And does your wife coach? Yes, she does. So she's a ten. Right. <laughs> so you got two highly trained chiropractors. Uh, your wife's into acupuncture. You're into DNS. You guys have a clinical mindset. And then eight coaches. Tell us, Talk to us a little bit about how, um, not just how you've trained them, but what are the holes that maybe you didn't think would be... Um, areas where you, your expertise really shined with those coaches? I honestly, that's, this is where it's tricky because I feel like I'm getting better at developing coaches than I'm almost coaching my athletes. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're, it's, we've honestly just taken athletes that have a passion and develop them. And it's, that's right, just pause real quick. We, I hope people yeah. heard that Tim did not go out and look for people with uh, uh, NSCA certification, CSCS. He went for people with passion I get this question a lot, like, oh, I'm trying to find a new trainer and, oh, this person only had these certs. And my thought is, you don't need anybody with any certs. The only cert they need oh. is, is their customer service skill high and do they have enthusiasm? Are they relatable? What? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, like, and that's like the, the fun part about being built in the CrossFit is that, that community part too. So it's like, my community is real strong. They're super loving. They accept everybody unless you're going to come in and be judgy. They just don't take that. So that's kind of nice. But if you're around long enough, you understand we spend a lot of time coaching. Like I said, like, so our daily, like, so we do a DNS ish type warm up. We then usually flow into some like kettlebell or barbell work with some plyo stuff. And then we go through either a strength or a gymnastic or an Olympic modality. And then we do our wad usually, and then cool down, stretch, do durability core stuff. That's yeah. a typical setup for every class. That's just how it flows. And we, there's coaching along every point and we, t- I try to take all the principles that I've learned through the DNS exercise stuff and all the CSCS work and just kind of everybody that I like and put it all together in one mishmash that we call CrossFit, but like our CrossFitters don't do sit-ups, right? We do dead bugs. We do Russian kettlebell swings. We don't do American kettlebell swings. We don't allow butterfly pull-ups. I, 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 I quote all all the time. Like, unless you're making money now, you don't get to do it. Like if you're, you, you can think you're competitive. I thought it was competitive. Competitive is not worth the labor of terror. I love you. Right. So yeah. like, so. So I, you're saying, uh, Hey, we serve hamburgers and hot dogs, but yes. uh, we're using uh, organic uh, gr- grass fed Kobe beef for the hamburger patties. Yeah. And uh, my wife is custom uh, using a sourdough starter for the buns and bought like, the it may appear to be the same end product, aka CrossFit, but the ingredients right. have shifted and changed and improved a bit. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, how much training do you do with your coaches, and 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 what are some things? Again, talk to us a little bit about like when do people's eyes light up as coaches? When you share some clinical information, is anything? Is there anything that you're surprised that they're so into? Like, oh my god, nobody's ever explained that. That helps me understand a lot. I was just, that's, I think the, the one aspect and the, the thing you talked about earlier, we, we, before we had to talk, or before we turned this on, but it sounds stupid, but just 
basic head and neck position and how cervical neck posture influences thoracic spine and upper quarter strength and mobility. And people just don't think about it. And I, I kind of told it, told you everyone in our little video, if we didn't see the push up instructional is I don't think traditionally I I'm going to get sexist comments. I'm sorry. Like girls are bad at push ups. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think, okay, we'll say people that aren't viewed as upper body strong are usually bad at push-ups. I just don't think that they've been cued to understand that if you drop your face towards the floor, you're going to have the association of your scapula from your thoracic spine. And now there's literally nowhere to push. So why don't we teach you how to hold your neck first, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just show you how to hold where your neck is and then see if we can move you, right? Hey, brother, and it sounds- like you might get sexist comments and I would welcome them because, <laughs> but what I would say is if, and we, we've talked about this. If you can get a woman, if you can be the gym in your area known to get women uh, able to go from, let's say, five crappy pushups to 20 clean feet, you know, uh, right. on the hands and toes, chest to deck pu- pushups with no problem, uh, you're going to get a name for yourself. If you're known as the gym that gets women from zero to five clean, no band, no BS pull-ups, you're going to yes. have a name for yourself, right? Like these, right. That's- these aspects not we talked a little bit about this but not only are these great um attributes but if you're a clinician that's interested in resiliency in anti-fragility and durability having them believe having convincing those women that hey you can do push-ups just like that guy over there there's not a negative part of that right and right and oftentimes i see women when they do that first set of i would say push-ups you kind of have to exceed a 15 mark. Like, I don't know what it is. 10 doesn't right. do it. <laughs> 15 or right. 20. But when yeah. they bust out 15, 20 pushups on their toes, chest to deck, going down yeah. all the time, they're now more invested, more interested in strength because I think they realize, hey, this isn't making me bulky. And holy crap, it feels right. great to be able to bust these out next to everybody on class. Right. And I, that's Absolutely. I think CrossFit has a unique advantage in the barbell there too, as opposed to some. Oh, dude, no, no other program has given women more uh, authority to move heavy weights on barbells. And also no workout program has ever built better legs and butts on women. Period. (laughs) I I tell, I tell people like the hardest part, if you're going to be a guy and come to the gym is that you're probably on day one going to get outlifted by a lady. That's like that. It's that's the beauty of group exercise like, right I, there. I like, that's the best thing that can happen to that dude day one, right? Right. It, absolutely. It's it's fantastic. It's it's we had we had one of the, the guys I I've known as like a guy that my wife's family friend since I moved here, Mary, and he got has been coming to him for the past month. In the very first day, just hang on the pull up bars, like strained his neck, and he came back to the office and hung out for a minute. We had some therapists. We talked. He's like, I just can't believe I can't move anymore. But like he looks around at the rest of the ladies, and he's just like. Tim, you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> like everyone starts at day one though. So like, and yeah. that's the thing we always talk about the gym is that like, it does like our, our, our pure function logo is, uh, we have a, there's a Chinese parable about how the koi would swim up the yellow river. And when they hit this one falls, they would just, they couldn't make it. So I turned around and went home, except for this one koi that just kept jumping for a hundred years. And when he finally made it over the hump, he got turned into a dragon. So our whole logo is a yin yang sign with a koi turning into a dragon. I thought you're going to be a dragon somewhere. You're going to be a koi somewhere else. And CrossFit's great at that. Cause if you can run, you probably can't lift as heavy. If you can lift real heavy, you might not be able to do it. Something else. I said, my goal is always to be the world's fattest gymnast. I play football in college. So picking up bar stuff is easy, but like 
doing 300 feet of handstand walk like I did on Monday was rough. <laughs> but I yeah. still do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, equal servings of I feel tough and uh, here's some humble pie. Make sure you don't Absolutely. get it on your face. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. That's, but you have to. You, know, you have to be able to find a yeah. place where you can push them to the place where they can get uncomfortable enough but still find their comfort. So so from the, the perspective of anybody listening that's coaching athletes, you have found a lot of success and you posted about this before. You've found a lot of success at teaching people, specifically women, how to disassociate uh, their scap from their cervical spine, basically. Like sure. everything here is not glued together. The upper T spine is right. not glued to the scap that's not glued to the, the cervical spine. Right. Talk to us a little bit about that. Like what are some tips? So think about if you are that young, if you're a young Tim Prater, Eight years right. ago, you're about to open a, a, a gym. You don't know anything except you know, you know, you got your education, but you don't know this. Right. Uh, give a couple tips for people what they can do in the gym to teach people to get them over that hump to see that light, that light bulb turn on in them and in your coaching. So it sounds stupid, but the, the biggest thing I tell my athletes is the two things that you have to focus on are uh, your points of foundation, how you're connected to the floor, the, really the only force you have is ground reactive force. So uh, that's really important and how you're using your breath to kind of stabilize your torso. So, so can you create you kind of major downward pressure? Your clients on where, how to put their hand down. Where so yeah, so what, the, so it's really easy. If you take, if you take people and put them in a push up and have them lift up their index finger, the average person that's not a living in the CrossFit gym already CrossFitter their scaps will immediately wing up. They will lose scapular stability just from lifting their, their index nickels up. And then you can have them push them down and then you can just put your hand right in their back. Look at, there's their shoulder disconnected, shoulder back down, disconnected, back down. It's kind of the same trick if you've ever seen Ulm do with the kettlebell in a squat. If you duck toe out so far, your big toes are off the ground. You're guaranteed to arch your back. If you, yeah. That if dude doesn't know knee, anything, so don't use his right. Seat. Exactly, right. <laughs> so if you bring your knees way yeah, in, so that you're 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 way concave, you're going to have to round your back. So finding a balance between in and out, so you can get it. It sounds silly, but just finding that you can hold your whole hand on the ground. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the big point here is a lot of people are yelling cues like push, drive your hand, yeah. blah blah. But nobody is going off the uh, the foundation of this, which. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. Now, my, maybe some people naturally go to that point. That's awesome, right? Right. But if they don't, so, like a simple cue that changes everything is huge. I took a golf lesson one time. I was spraying the ball left and right, no consistency whatsoever. And the guy said, just bring your feet together. And right. all that this is going to teach you is where the bottom of your swing is. Right. That one lesson changed my life. Cause I realized, okay, when you keep the bottom of the swing consistent, you can create any shot you want. If that's that, not yeah. consistent, you can't create anything. Cause you are, yes. just, you're rolling the dice. So right. that one lesson so, I'm sure makes a huge difference for people. Okay. So this is, I guess the lesson I've pulled out of the past year or two of just my own personal training or two is instead of that, instead of cueing them, it's the whole feedback loop of what do you cue, right? So when you cue them, you're assuming that you know what they're thinking or feeling without understanding what they are actually thinking about or feeling. You have no clue what your cue is going to do to their program. So instead ask the question, what are you thinking about? Or what do you feel right here? Like I had an athlete this morning, we did, we had light overhead squats today. So literally just, she's a newbie. She's got a trainer bar, 10 pounds, right? And she's trying to do it. She's like, I feel like I can't lower. I said, okay, that's cool. Describe to me, where can't you lower? And she's like, it just, I can't move my hips. I'm like, do you feel your low back arching? She's like, yes. I go, your hips don't move as good when your low backs arch. So let's fix that low back first. Take a nice deep breath in, 
turn your brace on. Now, use your legs and pull your butt down. You feel your hips moving now? It's like, yes. Do you squat now? It's like, yes. That's it. Try that now, right? Try to, the hardest part is understanding that you have to create a feel relationship. doesn't matter if you know to push. If you don't know what you're pushing or where that push comes from or how to establish your connection to the push, your cues are all just thrown out in the air. I love it. I love it because I've had a lot of success with that. Like, what do you feel? And then we'll manipulate right. that. Like, okay, when you had success, you, you told me you felt an eight out of 10. And right now you feel a two out of 10. Let's go back to an right. eight, right? In that yeah. area. But I think yeah. uh, one interesting thing is so many people assign glute bridge, glute bridge exercises for their patients. And right. at no point does their patient actually use their glute. And like, right. so they're just now we can argue about whether we're directors. saying glute med, glute mag, like forget that part. <laughs> yeah. Just say, sure. Right. Like, the person is feeling their low back tighten. They're feeling their quads fire up. They're feeling their, right. you know, their, their calf muscles or gastroc, whatever. They're not, they don't even know what the hell you mean by, by glute, let alone use it. Like they're right. out. So that's, so that's where like, so in the office more, I would say that translates to instead of using those exercises, I go back to DNS based movements because <sighs> So the DNS platform is based on creating maximum joint centration, right? So the joint, maximal bone and bone contact. And, yeah. and, you, this, is, and this is what you talk about at the bar to get the ladies, but keep going. Yes, right? So so but, so co-contracts around that joint, right? Which is that dynamic situation. But there are certain positions that I can put you in that due to the way that you develop, due to the development of kinesiology and the ontogenesis of how you naturally went, there are certain positions that you have to use certain things to do. And so I can put you in that and bias it. So you can do like a four month sideline where they're on their side and now you can just push in their ASAS while they hold their bottom leg down. And now they're turning on the glute med, but in a different fashion, we can get to feel it. And now, especially like that's the, in clinic, that's, I think one of my biggest takeaways is creating, especially when if it's a shoulder or a hip, creating trunk on extremity motion instead of extremity on trunk motion is the, my quickest way to get patients to feel something different and then create their pattern change. I like it. I like it a lot. Cause I think it, it, it's a, uh it's just a principle, right? It, it doesn't matter if you're working right. clinically or in the gym or going for a maximum effort or getting a 72 year old patient to ditch their walker. The principle right. holds true, right? Yeah. I love it. Hey, I want to tell you all about Membrant. Membrant with a D in there, like Rembrandt. Membrant is an app platform. Now this company is the one who built the clinic gym hybrid app. And if you uh, purchase our accelerator program, you will get firsthand knowledge of what they do. But I think this is the next evolution in clinics who want to really give their patients better care, better service while making it more convenient. So what Membrane can do is help you design a custom app for your company. This isn't just like rebranding somebody else's. This is your app that lives on the app store and your patients can download. Now, what's the power of an app? Well, let's just say, for example, that you have a certain protocol that you want your low back pain patients to go for. So let's say you include the McGill Big Three a little talk about repetitive motions and finding your kind of McKenzie protocol of reducing your, your pain through those repetitive asymptomatic movements. Well, you could tag the patients, meaning that you kind of put them on a list that says you want them to have access to the low back protocols, right? And then you could have another program of videos, articles, exercise descriptions, all that, that only go out to your patients with shoulder pain, right? Or ones that go out to patients with plantar fasciitis. If you can build that program, then what Membrane can help you do is make sure that only the patients that really need the plantar fasciitis exercises get that delivered to their phone. 
that thing that they're staring at, some estimates say as many as 500 times a day. All right. So check out membrant.com, membrant.com, or send me an email. I can hook you up with those guys and they can put together a fantastic program. I think it's really the future. And it's one more way that technology will help you make more money while providing better care and a better business model. So check out membrant.com. All right. So let's, uh, let's go into some other subjects here because, uh, just to make this more exciting, you and I, uh, we, I, I posted something and you had a different approach than I did. And we could say we disagreed, right? For sure. And it's yeah. social media. So like that's required. Like we can't yeah, all agree. Absolutely. We actually, yeah. we'll trim off the comments where you agree. So you only have the pissed off ones. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm a big fan in the right context of using, say, a, um, you know, a, um, a uh, polar heart rate monitor, score sure. the, the reps or your monitor, the... Um, the output, things like that. I think people like the scoreboard. They like the, here's how many X's I got, you know, how many widgets I right. scored or whatever. And, and sure. whether those things are totally accurate or not, um, is not, that's debatable, but, right. um, you were the only person that really came back and said, Hey, I don't think that those are good in any way. Like, and let me no. tell you why. No, no. So yeah. talk to us a little I mean, bit I about one. Yeah. I wear what's one, that? but I, I said, I wear, I have my Apple watch on right now. Right. All right. Yeah. But, so, okay. So this is, I'll give you my whole little spiel on this, I guess. Yeah. So I tell people at the gym all the time. So DNS and how powerful its application was in my practice led me to dig a lot deeper down the breath hole. So I've done Wim Hof certifications. I've done a Pranayama yoga certification, the art of breath certification. Uh, so that's through, it's now shift adapt. Brian McKenzie is He's a he's a no title guru. I feel like he's amazing. He's a, I, I love the guy. So he was originally CrossFit endurance, and I followed him because he could literally have people run 400 meters, and that's it, and then still run a marathon and win their age class. Like he he, he was just the interval king. He he showed you that you didn't have to put miles in to do the same amount of work, dude. I mean, he ran ultras and Death Valley and stuff like that, and still, and, but like also made you lift weights. I appreciate the crap out of the guy. And so he's kind of like pushed it, but like, so the art of breath was, was through what was CrossFit endurance turned into power speed endurance, which is now literally because of the breath importance of it. It's called shift adapt. So shiftadapt.com for none of my credit. So, but uh, the art of breath course started me digging down a rabbit hole of understanding how your metabolism works and how your body works. And there's, so if you go, uh, if we're on the medias right now, you know, uh, the HHP foundation, I know it's on Instagram. I don't know about Facebook, but so McKenzie and a couple of scientists have literally opened this up to start more breathing research. But it's okay. So your heart rate monitor, right? is showing you your heart rate. The heart rate, the secondary measure of your body creating cellular metabolism, right? At your cellular level, there's only CO2 and oxygen, right? And the heart's just the pump to move the, 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 the waste products in and out. So your lungs are where metabolism happens, right? Because that's where the exchange happens. So if you're unaware because you breathe through your mouth that you, where you are on that spectrum, it's very easy to get blown out and go way past your perceived heart rate. So in the art of breath, they talk about the gear system. So essentially most people have five ways of breathing, breathing at rest. Right now, you should, me should be at gear one, passive in and out through your nose. We're the only mammal that breathes through your mouth besides dumping heat and water. Like I said, we're right around the corner from a racetrack. You can go there. That horse does more air in a, in a, in a race than you do in a week with his mouth shut. I know its lungs are much bigger. It's built for it. But during this time of COVID, there's also a bunch of sensors up here. 80% of the nitric oxide, if you guys are taking pre-workouts, is formed in your sinuses. So 
your if you yeah if you take the pre workout it's and you also don't a much better nose, filter than your mouth is. It, right? So it's a filter. It it humidifies. It, it said there's what, I don't know how many miles of cilia there are in your nose mucus. So it that's it, but it, it also helps to regulate your balance between autonomic tone. So this is where it really goes to is so your metabolism at your cellular level as you start to work out you're taking fat or sugar and burning it into carbon dioxide and water. You're going the the studies came out now the HAP pushed out last week or a couple weeks ago that the studies on the UK for every ten kilos lost the average participant sweats one point seven and breathes out eight point seven kilos. All that carbon's got to go somewhere. It doesn't come out as sweat. It comes out as carbon dioxide. Say that again. That ratio you just that equation you just so the ten kilos lost one point seven kilos sweat out eight point seven kilos breathed out. What's the what's the what's 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 your what's the the molecular form of its breath? Yes. So if you don't know what your breath is doing, so say the gear two is in through your nose aggressively and relaxed out. Gear three is like a hard walk in and out aggressively through your nose. Gear four is out through your mouth, and gear five is just panting. So if you have no idea where you're living, you have no idea the actual control of the system. All you're doing is becoming more reliant on a system that's actually a secondary measure to begin with but also isn't truly telling you what you're impacting. So if I can get you to breathe through your nose and tell me where you're at, now one, you're burning more fat. So the other studies they've done, so have you seen the Pino, the PNOE? I don't know how to say mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. The, right? So I, get, yeah. I don't have one yet, so they advertise it for me every time I turn every social yeah, media. Yeah, I've been hit by 84 times on Crop. Yes, on, uh, so Rob Wilson is the other uh, like president of Art of Breath. So he did he, the experiment. He took a walk. Around his loop, around his house, it's one mile exactly with his Dobermans, and he's he's a massive jujitsu guy, he's like six foot four, two forty, right? So he does the first walk wearing the Pino, takes exactly whatever eight minutes, gets back in, waits an hour, does it again, takes the exact same amount of time. The first walk, he prints out the Pino report. It's he's burning, he's projected to burn sixty seven hundred calories that day. He's using something like sixty seven percent carbs and he's using like twenty seven percent fat, and he's at a thirty seven percent efficiency. Does the same walk an hour later, same exact loop, same exact time. He's exact same exact person. This time he's directed to burn fifty nine hundred calories. He's burning eighty percent fat. He's burning ten percent carbs, and he's at ninety percent efficiency. Difference was walk one was mouth only, walk two was nasal only. That's it. The only difference. I'll link it and I'll post it. So literally, the control that we have, the thing that we've given up ability to do, I believe honestly, is breathe. I think half of the problems that we have with anything thoracic, cervical, or shoulders is the inability to actually use your trunk to do what its first primary function is, and that's to breathe. So half of my breath, half of my practice in the office now is literally doing breath work with people to make them, and it sounds stupid, but it has worked faster now. I'm more successful now than I was ever. So it's weird. Be but the, uh, the ACA's first diplomate of, uh, diplomate of the... American Chiropractic Board of Breathwork. <laughs> right. I, I, I dab <laughs> so it's, Yeah. So it's a... Yeah. A dab wow. But it... Okay. But so, so I say for myself so, personally... So, uh, yeah. Uh, it sounds like you've looked into this. You have great uh, research. You have great right. ideas. You have great um, rehab with your patients. Translate this though. You're standing there. You're the only coach in front of 12 athletes. There's no way you're going over the five gears and like... Where oh. are you, like right yeah so, no so so how it's do you during, translate to the so group work we do that usually during breakouts so there are some specific things like some specific like hypoxia training exercises so we can you literally work on uh increasing your c2 tolerance 
my, you know, my, the statement I use all the time, if me and you are the exact same height and the exact same weight, if we go run a marathon, if you win, it's because you can tolerate more crap, literally more carbon dioxide, right? That's it. That, that's what allowed your system to go farther. You can tolerate more waste product. So if I can get you better at tolerating carbon dioxide, you can tolerate more life. So the, that, that resiliency and the weird part is, is that a lot of the research now is going with this breath work and how it feeds into your autonomics and literally the mental emotional aspects. The durability resiliency part is going like literally, because if I can change your breathing and I'm, and this is the cool part in the office. If I can work on, and I have like, like we have these veterans that were taught to do a million crunches. So they're, they're hip flexors and they're all erectors and their heads way forward. And they have ridiculous stuff. And we talk about breathing and I can bring your autonomic tone, more, more parasympathetic and get you out of your PTSD. That's a way bigger life change than me fixing your neck from being sore. Like, I love you, but that's it. <laughs> I'd rather fix with the lowest hanging fruit. And it sounds stupid, but the average person takes 24 to 26,000 breaths a day and doesn't pay any attention to them. We can change that a little bit and make huge gains through posture, strength, and metabolic function. Okay. So you and I are working out right next to each other in CrossFit gym. Sure. And let's say that the day is, uh, trying to think of something, 400 <laughs> meter or 200 meter sprint. So short, sure. relatively short sprint, high, uh, cardio output or whatever you want to say. Right. High breath output. And mm -hmm. then um, you come back and you do, you know, eight deadlifts and you're going to repeat sure. that four or five times. And let's just say for form's sake, we can rest as much as we want in between sets. Sure. Right. I mean, that's what CrossFit is, right? That's, that's your score is yeah. just yeah. how well you decide to push your time yeah. anyways, right? What so are you some telling days your... I literally, I will literally have some days my athletes like, you got to run nasal only. That's you got to run these what? Like, nasal only. No mouth. Okay. So the limiter, run, just run. Yeah. You're just running them constraints based. The limiter is how long or how fast you can go, not uh, all out heaving and, 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 oh, you, you, uh, so you get there. working overtime. Just, yeah. Yeah. Like, but like, so yeah. I yeah, can knock like, it down gym, to maybe yes. 81%. Yeah, and then when, when we get to the bar, like the very first thing we trick, we trick is a uh, pack neck. <laughs> like, like just get in there, pack that neck. That's the very first thing we talk about deadlifts. Then you're going to use that same breath. Hopefully, if you've been breathing through your nose, you can feel your diaphragm more so you can actually feel that. If you have to put a belt on so we can actually feel you to feel how your abs down, your, we can get your abdominal wall to expand outward on that way down. That's why I tell people CrossFit's magical because before CrossFit, people were doing cardio and working out. And the magic is, can you use your trunk to stabilize while you move loads? Can you breathe and use the respiratory component while the, while the system's under duress? That's the real getter, right? That's the person that wins the games. So huh. that's interesting to me because it all comes down to stability and the ability yeah. to breathe in different, yeah. and like, can you, so like, and so this is, we do this is, is part of our warmups. Like people, we do the couch stretch, like hip flexor kind of stretches, right? Okay. So try and blow a balloon up while you're in a couch stretch. And watch athletes that can, that that think they're badass. <laughs> Stand them up, have them blow up a balloon. <sighs> Put it on a couch stretch and have them try to blow up a balloon and watch them fail. And then now you say, okay, so now that you are unable to breathe in that pattern. So every time your hip flexor stretch, I don't know what you're capable of or if you can even stabilize that position. Mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> so I it's, it's <laughs> we, we tie a lot of that weird stuff in there. Uh, I say like, because yeah. of just how CrossFit, like I said, I love deadlifts. I used to hate deadlifts because I got hurt all the time. I played football in college. No one had coached me right. Oh, Once dude, I learned how crazy. to pressurize my abdomen and, and actually use my belly right, yeah. I said, I, I, yeah, it's funny. Well, I mean, deadlifts, if you went to, you know, any seminar, Craig Levinson, Greg Cook, like right? any of these kind of uh, big thinkers and you said like, what, what one pattern would you love to see everybody do? Or what's one pattern? 
hip hinging would be near the top of the list. No, it's, it's it, right? It's it. Like, well, it's what rehab, keeps everybody out of the office. Right. Rehab everybody, <laughs> low back, rehab everybody, lower extremity, rehab everybody's, hell, you can rehab a shoulder through hip hinging, right? Yes. But then if I were to go back and ask every high school, uh, uh, anybody that's ever coached high school athletes for, you know, weights and in, in football, like I'm sure you did, or, or high school basketball, do, right? Like, what's the worst exercise people can do for themselves? Oh, by far it's deadlifts. deadlifts. And it's right. funny that the same exercise, the way it's done, can be the best or the worst. I mean, going oh, back to my, my analogy, it's like you can have that super high end, uh, you know, hamburger. Sounds like what you guys are cooking yeah. up, and I can go to McDonald's. And those two things have the same name. They're both hamburgers. Right. Absolutely. But what, what the outcome is, what the intent is, what the what we can build off of that are wildly different, right? Right. That's yeah. like that. So we, we get at local competitions, we've gotten criticized before because we're technique snobs and all my athletes look good all the time. I don't understand how that's a criticism. I'll never take that as anything besides a compliment. So if anyone wants to say that, then my athletes are supremely proud of the fact that they can do things with very good technique. Yeah. And when they do them, they look better than almost everyone else yeah. that's trying to do the same thing around them. That's also a big boost to them. And all, I'm sorry, like, so CrossFit has this built in there. If you've done the cert, the efficiency, right? Efficiency has safety built into the, into the definition, right? It's getting the most work done safely that way otherwise it's not efficient if you have to keep going back and undoing your work if you're hurting yourself it's not efficient so right. teaching these basics of this is how you need to find your base this is how you need to set your core and now i need to just feel where you're moving here if you can't move here yet i'm going to show you how to adapt we'll teach you we'll scale you back we'll nice. ring you back i said so we do a lot of this other thing is that ring rows people just don't like just pulling patterns do a lot more pulling patterns and get people to breathe and get people to pull. We do ring rows for the cows come home. Like I don't care if people get over the pull-up bar for a while until you get good scapocervical strength, but you can do a lot of damage with some hard ring rows. <laughs> yeah. One thing you, you mentioned earlier too, uh, not to berate this point, but you no. said you work with a lot of women on scapular stability, especially in ring dips, which is yeah. a lot of people, uh, if you don't have a minimum effective amount of upper body strength, ring dips, yes. dips in general are hard, but ring dips are especially hard. They're very hard. Right. Yeah. So, so it's, um, it's again, so like the, the things that people don't talk about is so that's the, all we do is so we'll step you on plates or a box, get you to a point where you can support a full lockout, understand the difference of like scapular depression. Can you scat? Do you, like, and we do, we, we always do hang before we do ring rows just to do, to show people how blind most people's scapulas really are. Like if it was like the average person, you're going to jump up on a pull-up bar and hang. I say, if you just pull your shoulder blades down to your butt, almost everyone overarches to that thoracolumbar, right? Everyone arches instead of depressing their scapula purely, they do a lot of erector dominance. So we do just some, we'll walk around and partner up and have people put hands on scaps in the press. And so you can move just your scap. Then once we get that, we do the same movement in the top of the dip. Because it's the same movement, just one's a pull, one's a press. So if you can, if I can activate and kind of stretch those fibers with the pull, maybe I can get you to press it a little bit easier first. Then other things are making sure they have like the good ring contact that their wrists aren't all cockeyed. Like I said, imagine you're going to hit somebody. Like don't punch like a girl and have your wrist all dorsiflexed. Again, I'm sorry, sexist comments don't punch like you've never been in a fight before. <laughs> I'm assuming more dudes have been in fights than ladies. I hope that's less sexist. <laughs> and then stack those knuckles up. Just stack the bones is the cross yeah. say, right? wrist and knuckles. And then once you're there, the very first thing, hack your neck, right? And that's where it's very easy is now all I want you to feel is 
with your legs underneath you still, can you bend just your elbows and not have your shoulders come up through your ears? That's it. We'll do just that. I'm not going to do a band. You're just going to keep your feet underneath you until you can understand that that's a movement that happens and not your chin shoots forward or your shoulders end up above your ears as the first movement. And that's really it. It sounds stupid and it is. I tell people like, I don't do anything fancy. It's like, I love the, the fact that we're kind of in a smaller town because it's like, neurodynamics are like the world's most fancy thing. I'm like, I just stretched your arm. Now you don't have surgery. I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. Right. <laughs> like we have a lot of, it's, it, I always yeah. go like, the McKen- doing McKenzie stuff, certifications, doing neuro- neurodynamics certs, the, the amount of benefit that you can get and how easy it is to implement it in your practice. If you want fast, I would say those are the, those get yourself some sort of soft tissue release, right? Some ART or FRC or FMF. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now, and then, let me ask this. Let me ask one last question here, Tim, because we're getting close on time here. Sure. Um, what's one lesson you took from the clinic and implemented in the gym with good success? And then what I think doesn't get the fame it should, what's one lesson from the gym that you've put into clinical care that's changed your results for the positive? So most of the stuff that we figured out in the office to the gym has been me so but so my wife is in her amazingness besides doing all the acupuncture stuff while she's had our children became a, a, she was a a birth fit regional director for a little while a birth fit professional so the functional progressions are a really great take from the dns functional part into it and like so literally that's most of our warm-up most days is kind of the functional progressions one through four dead bug cybridge through like that and getting people again just to kind of feel that the stability found by using the bottom side again. So it, maybe it's cueing differently, but like, I want you to feel where you're at and not where you're going. I want you to feel what you're, what you're connecting to, how you're pushing right back and forth. And in the, in the, uh, in the office, it sounds silly. So that, um, the gym has shown myself that bring on the haters, gymnastic kipping pull-ups are the best thing for my upper thoracic mobility and shoulder strength eat it <laughs> That's, that and and uh, and so in the same token uh three uh maces maces and indian clubs 360s all the the odd objects those have made my shoulders and my neck feel better than anything in clinical practice and patients love that patients love those just the basic gymnastic ability of breaking just hanging and be able to kind of just swing back and back and forth and use your your upper quarter as a movement generator and then you don't need anything besides the broom handle or most people have a sledge around here if you have a farm, right? And so 360s are amazing. I said, if you're going to do shoulder stability and you want to feel like a ninja at the same time, that's way cooler. I like rehab. that doesn't make me feel weak. <laughs> so, it. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, when if we truly address the, the biopsychosocial factors as a whole, you know, like the, the, the 360 degree, uh, whatever we say, the load that's shifting helps centrate the joint. So we address the bio then the psycho right. is like putting the psychological factors of putting heavy weights in your hand and controlling it and feeling right. like a, a bad mamma jamma, like right. that improves outcomes, you know? And then if you There's do the it most fitness, that, that gives us a social factor. Like the people that are coming to your gym that if they rehab in your clinic and you dump them into the gym and they work out with everybody for six months, the chance of them becoming a chronic pain patient and oh. degrading into the mentality of this pain is not leaving is it's got to be close to 0%. I mean, it's got to right. be and as close to so, absolute zero as we can get. So that's, that's the tie from our clinic to our gym is that 
everything we do in the office is usually part of the warm up for the gym. So if you come just to watch a class, you immediately see things that we've already done with you. And you yeah. see a big giant group of people that are, want to support you. But the movement itself is in the magic. That's where CrossFit got it right. Love it. I said, even you said the, the biopsycho social, my best story so far. Here you go. This year is I have a, I have a PTSD guy that we're doing rehab on. He's got a disc. He's an extension responder. We did some stretches that day. He just wasn't moving. I took a mace and we just did some behind the back pendulums. And then that worked into some 360 swings after that. And him literally just disconnecting from his pain for a minute and focusing on something else. We had to move fluidly. He then puts that down and gained 20 degrees of lumbar flexion, pain-free, just from getting him to relax. Almost like you can talk about, we can do like ballroom dance with your Alzheimer's patients. Literally just got him to focus on something else for a few and safe movement is the best. What are you doing besides helping someone? It's like taking a multivitamin, right? Love it. Not going to hurt. <laughs> All right, Tim. Well, this has been uh, quite eye-opening and uh, <laughs> joint centrating and eye-opening. So two good things, right? Come on. Yeah. Yes. So, so if people want to get a hold of you, <laughs> yeah. If people want to get a hold of you, how can they do so? You can they see us uh, on your methods I, and your the mad scientist uh, approach you're using here. Yeah. So I, I did 30 days of breathing on the Instagram for the gym. So if you check that out, I say I have a different breath exercise or methodology. I explain a ton of crap. I have a big write up paragraph on every one of them for 30 days for the month of October. Um, uh, but yeah. So purefunctioncrossfit.com. Denton, Denton Prater Chiropractic Natural Health. We're on all the medias that way. Um, awesome. But yeah. Awesome. I'm dude. super active on all the pure function stuff. That's where my phone's normally set to. So if you guys send messages to pure function CrossFit, uh, that's where usually the fastest way to get back to me. And Tim participates in the, the clinic gym hybrid discussion group. So if you got questions there, I'm sure you can tag him on a post, find him in there. Please. And uh, we'll, we'll Always. post this podcast. I'm going to tag you in the description. Appreciate it. All right, Tim. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been awesome. I love the fact that you 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 take this idea, you implement it in all aspects of the clinic, the gym, doesn't matter. It's all the same principles. So yeah. uh, it's awesome. As I always say, this is Josh Adderley. Go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Tim, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Thanks, Josh. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information, just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. That's clinicgymhybrid.com and check us out there.